0: This is Michelle you from SNY. Hey,
1: I'm Diamond. And I'm Yoki. And this, this is 185. What's up? This is Mark John Jeffries, complimentary. Hey,
0: what's up? This is Ivy Rivera. This is
1: Brevin Knight. You're listening to Scoop the Radio. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, yo, check this out, son. Yo. Watch out, Watch man. out. You're
0: now listening to Scoopy Radio. Everybody please turn up the stereo. Tell a friend to tell a friend and let their family know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scoop about to take the glow. Man, yeah, we're about to blow. Yeah. Five, four, three, we on the air. I know they're going to love this one, I swear. He what you needed, what you want to yeah. He's the man with the... He got the scope. He got the trophy, Manny. He out. He ring the bell, You know, it's rather in the interviews. They get pills. Now, listen to radio. Everybody, please turn up the stereo. Tell a friend to tell a friend to let their family know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scoop about to take the glow. Manny, yeah, we about to blow. Yeah, he's
1: on his Instagram Be. now. At Follow at him. At Scoop Bees. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. In the airwaves. On the train. At the crib. Most of you guys are probably finding some sort of entertainment to keep yourself busy in this crazy time. Uh I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram, and Snapchat at Scoop B, And make sure most importantly you subscribe to the Scoop B radio podcast, which is available on all platforms. On the line right now is a guy who uh he he he's out there in these streets. He's on the scene, he's none other. Then yes, networks. Michael Grady. Michael, welcome to the pod. It's, 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 uh, good being on with you, brother. Indianapolis's finest. Uh, you joined <laughs> Yes Network in 2017 as a public address announcer with the Pacers. Is that correct? Yeah. So I did. Um,
2: I did a little bit of everything in Indy. So I did a I did. a I hosted a morning show for like uh, almost 10 years there. I was doing the morning show. I was doing. Um, uh, I was a sport anchor for the local local TV broadcast, and I was the PA announcer the paces and so I went from three jobs to one <laughs> when I came over here to New York, for real. The two
1: thousand sixteen Indiana Sportscaster of the Year. You were voted by the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association. To come from Indianapolis to New York, were you ready?
2: Yeah, you know, I grew up um music is like a like it's been a big part of my life and so um this this gonna sound corny man but I grew up like heavy East Coast, hip-hop, New York, Nas, Jay-Z, Biggie, um, uh, Wu-Tang, I'm going to leave some people out. But (laughs) I had like a, um, just from music alone, had an East Coast mindset. And then when I was old enough to actually visit New York and see the pace of it, see that vibe. And again, like I said, I come from you know, and when I was in Indianapolis, I was doing radio, TV, PA announcing, uh, among other things there. So I had that kind of like hustler's mentality, like you're doing different things. And I always sure. like loved like that New York vibe where you talk to a dude and like, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. Like, dang, bro. Like, but that's that New York energy where you're hustling and you're doing multiple things. So I always felt like I had this like New York spirit, you know. Um, in me. And so when, uh, I made the move and everything worked out for me to come to New York, it was like I hit the ground running and there was really no room for adjustment. It was just like, boom, you're thrown in. You know, I, I moved to New York and, uh, within a couple of days of moving, I had my first Mets preseason game and then boom, we were off. So, um, so yeah, so I just always kind of had that, um, you know, even though I grew up in Indy for like my first 30 plus years, it was just like find a way to get you know I, I was loving it and it, for a while I didn't think I would go anywhere but when the opportunity presented itself it was you know it was it was
1: poetic. Scoopy Radio on the line Radio. with Yes Network, Michael Grady Mike help me understand something. Um you talked about New York New York influences and you talked about um, music and all of that. Um we didn't make mention of the fact that you're in Indianapolis and in the 90s the Pacers were playing as the Knicks were a were you a Pacers fan? <laughs> B your perspective of New York sports being in it versus watching it as a fan—how has it changed? Uh, I would say,
2: for, first of all, yeah, I was a big—I um, was a big Pacers fan. I was a big Reggie Miller guy. You know, okay. the, you know, big, big Reggie Miller guy. The trash talk, all that type of stuff. Um, hated the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Ewan, Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, uh, John Starks, um, Greg Anthony. Um, uh i I didn't like any of those guys charles smith um in any of the knicks and wanted to see them go down and relished every opportunity that um reggie miller put his foot on their throats at the garden and so um uh so that was a big that was a big part of it um at the same at the same time you couldn't help but understand the difference between uh, indianapolis and new york it wasn't as if you know we all were naive enough to believe that, that indianapolis was a, a a more grand city or anything like that we understand the, you know the differences and that's what made it fun like i i i, I it's, it's fun to root for the underdog you know indiana yeah. was indiana was the underdog and so um and so there was enjoyment in that that it's these hicks is the hicks versus the Knicks, that whole mentality and all that type of stuff so um so that was what i embraced during that time and uh uh and then as i get older you know and and with new york new york now being home it's like actually even before that as time grew, grew on and the nba became for lack of a better it's not softer But the way the game is called, the game is called a lot softer than what it was back in the day. That's just is what it is. And so there's a sense of nostalgia. Mm
1: -hmm. And then you
2: miss those rivalries because even rivalries aren't the same. You know, when you, when you're facing a team, you know, potentially seven straight times in a game, right? And you can basically beat each other up. That's a completely, you know, that's a, that's, that bad blood is different than the bad blood that you have now and so those rivalries all that um there's a sense of nostalgia when it comes to that so I don't look at John Starks today the same way that I looked at him back in 1996 (laughs) you know 1994 95 96 all that type of stuff but I don't look at Patrick Ewing and certainly not Charles Oakley the same way I think it is um rather funny and ironic that uh I grew up disliking the Knicks because I was a Pacers fan and then my gig is with the Nets where it's okay to still not like the Knicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That is fair. The Pacers, uh, currently at the at the stoppage or the, the, the hiatus of the NBA season due to the uh coronavirus pandemic, uh are sitting at thirty nine and twenty six in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Um, do you get a chance to actually check them out in your downtown?
2: No, no. Like um, it's funny. I'm I'm so knee deep in nets, and I and I do appreciate that man because I can I can establish relationships with these guys, follow these guys, travel with these guys. Like I'm like knee deep in nets, and even though there are people who work on the staff of the Pacers that I still have, you know, good relationships with, and it's great catching up with them when I'm out there. I think miles turner may be the only dude who's still on the squad from when i left and that was just a few short years ago mm-hmm. so um so when i left paul george left and then victor oladipo and demonis Sabonis came in so i didn't have an opportunity to establish a relationship with those guys and uh, all the new cats that are on the roster right now the turnover is crazy in the nba nowadays so there's always that that indiana connection but i don't have that connection with those with those players, and then, you know, you know how it is, man. This schedule is so crazy, man. I was mixing college basketball and and it fell in the schedule now. So it's hard to be up, up uh, on it, you know, like I was when I was living there. But I certainly know, just as, as an NBA fan, you know, I know what's going on with them and, and trying to get Victor Oladipo back in the mix, get him on the same page as Malcolm Brogdon and, and seeing what DeMondis Sabonis has done this season, you know, they got a, they got a squad there. They just, they just got to stay healthy and build and build that chemistry for sure.
1: Winners of three straight uh, five and five in their last 10 the Brooklyn Nets are in seventh place in the Eastern conference at 30 and 34. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been in and out. Uh, Kevin Durant has not played. Um, Kenny Atkinson is out, but yet and still the Nets in off picture through sixty-four games, what have you seen? I've seen
2: I've seen a team that's dealt with with um injuries and little, you know, things in a way that uh that I hadn't seen in my previous years with uh the Nets or really any team um that I've you know, any any of the Pacer teams that I that I had covered. Uh seeing what Kyrie Irving has gone through, um then seeing Karis LaVert go down for a stretch. Uh, little guys, you know, little, uh, guys go down for little things. Um, whether it be uh, um, uh, Wilson Chandler going down, Garrett Temple going down for a stretch, uh, it's just like little things just kept happening. And just like I was speaking of with the Pacers, like you need your, you need all hands on deck to develop that chemistry that can get you where you want to go. And so it feels like every time the Nets got a rhythm. That chemistry was disrupted, was disrupted again. It was disrupted again. It was disrupted again. It was disrupted again. So, it's um, it's uh, it's it's been, I'm sure, frustrating. They have played it down, but I'm sure it's frustrating that you just want to have all hands on deck. So I think from a fan standpoint, this this season has been a roller coaster for sure. Um, With gentlemen first. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 It's been a roller coaster <clears throat> for sure. But the silver lining is always what's to come. Like you know that the big guns. Will eventually be coming for sure
1: Michael what has been the biggest um surprise for you with um the play of Spencer Dinwiddie he's been playing his tail off
2: yeah Spencer's Spencer will you know
1: if I
2: I don't know how much how long I'm gonna be doing this but Spencer's always gonna be one of my um favorite guys to cover and um and not just because of the you know unique personality or things that come out of his mouth that certainly certainly adds to it but he's got that 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 um work ethic and that fight that you would appreciate whether you're a new yorker or whether you're from some you know somewhere else like this is the guy who's in the g league and was dismissed from different teams, the Windy City Bulls and was in Detroit and, you know, these different places and then gets an opportunity with the Nets. And his opportunity grew because of injury. You know, Jeremy Lin going down, D'Angelo Russell going down. And his own work ethic, you know, put him in position to really excel and take his game to an entirely different level. And we've seen it grow to, you know, one level, another level, another level. Um, in conversation for Sixth Man of the Year, in conversation for Most Improved Player of the Year, like you know, he has the great belief in himself. But from outsiders, those who really haven't been paying much attention, it's like, where did this dude come from? Yeah. And I, I appreciate stories like that. So once again this season, Kyrie Irving's gone down, and then we're seeing Spencer Dinwiddie put up career numbers. And so from that standpoint, man, it's been it's been really a joy to watch him, the way that he competes, the way that he battles you know it's not always pretty but it's not always pretty for any player um but he's really uh a joy joy to watch watching him embrace the role that comes to him and uh take advantage of it for sure
1: help me understand something um when i look at uh spencer Dinwiddie, if i'm not mistaken he comes from colorado correct right right do you remember another point guard that came out of colorado
2: Chauncey Billups was pretty good. Chauncey Billups was pretty good out of Colorado, right? When,
1: yeah. So when you look at – I've been saying this for a couple of years now, and I hope this catches on. on. Um, when I look at Chauncey Billups, I remember when he had the fade. I remember before he had a ball head. <laughs> I remember him playing on the Boston Celtics. I remember him on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I, I remember just the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the journey. Um, and being overlooked, there were so many more elite point guards that were out there at, at his time. You had the Kenny Andersons, you had the, the, the Jason Kids, you had the um the John Stockton, the Mark Jacksons, et cetera. And then you look at today's NBA where you have the, the Steph Currys, the, the Chris Paul's, the, the Russell Westbrooks, the Kyrie Irvings, the, the everybody. Do you see a similarity between uh Spencer Danwitty and Chelsea Phillips? I do.
2: You know, I think that's a, I think that's a um a great comparison. We'll see the heights that Spencer's able to you know, take his game too and how his role will, um, evolve obviously with, you know, Kevin Durant and, um, and, uh, Kyrie coming back. But, you know, he got one Mr. Big shot and then Spence will be the first to tell you about the big shots that he's hit, you know, in these last, last couple of years. And so he's not afraid of that. And I, I I'm a big fan of the, the psychology of the game. And I'm sure that Chauncey would agree, you know, there are certain guys who just don't necessarily want that shot. You know, there there are guys who can average 25, but they don't necessarily want that shot. You know, game on the line, whether to tie it or to take a lead or whatever it may be. And Chauncey has something in him that he doesn't care, um, and and will live with the consequences. And that's a special quality that you have in in, in really really good players. And Spencer has that same quality. You know, he has that same exact quality where game on the line, he's willing to put himself out there. So from So from relative unknown, um, uh, working their way up to you know uh, a a household name, to the willingness to take those big type of shots, and then we'll see the rest of the careers how the rest of the careers go. But I definitely see those similarities there for sure.
1: Four members of the Brooklyn Nets tested positive for coronavirus, um, but even before then, the NBA shut down was on hiatus because of. Uh, coronavirus, you guys were in Los Angeles uh, playing the Lakers, uh, and then you know the news came out shortly thereafter. What have you been doing? Uh, what was the plane ride like home for you when you found out that everything that was going on?
2: Yeah, so um, so I uh, I was in L.A. We had the uh, we had that uh, Laker game early uh, early in the week, and then the team flew to San Francisco on Wednesday. Uh, my fiance was with me in LA, you know, this crazy NBA season, you don't get, get that many, you know, that much time with family or whatever. And so, uh, so she was making the trip with me to California and was going to spend the whole week in LA. So I was going to take a, uh, commercial flight Thursday morning, the day of the Warriors game and go do that game and then take the team playing back to LA because the very next night we would have taken on the Clippers. Right Staples Center again. So I was still in I was still in LA. Matter of fact I was hiking going to the Hollywood sign and um had no signal and then by the and then um on my way down from the Hollywood sign, uh my phone started to blow up as my signal came through and Mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert tested positive and season suspended and I'm just like in complete complete shock. And so um so, uh, so yeah. So I'm driving back to the, uh, I'm back driving back to the uh, hotel, and you know, making phone calls on different tech streams and things like that, trying to figure out how long this is going to be. And this is crazy. And Rudy got it. And what Rudy was touching the microphones and you know, just trying to gather all this and gather all this information that was coming in because this is all, this is all uh, unprecedented. And so, um, so the team ended up flying back to New York on Thursday. The hotel was already taken care of through, um uh, Saturday. So we just decided to stay in LA, um, uh, through Sat, through this past Saturday and then fly back to New York and kind of stock up on everything and just kind of following the news as best that we could, kind of understanding what we needed to do as a, as a family to stay stocked up, mentally prepare for how long this could be. Cause at first it was like 14 days. Yeah. You know, when I wait well, you know, it's like going to be 14 days. And my thought was, nah, it's going to be it. It's going to be at least a month. And yep. then I was hearing that the Chinese League, they were out for 10 weeks. And I'm like, oh, man, what if it's like 10 weeks? And then so you're just thinking about all these different things on the fly. And then uh, with each passing day, you understand that this is growing more and more, growing more and more. And I, I got to give kudos to um, Commissioner Silver because he, you know, he jumped out on this thing quick. And so. um, our stamp, our, our mind frame on the NBA side, I can't speak for other people in other different fields, but you know as well as I do, if they're shutting down the NBA, it's a wrap. if they <laughs> shut down March Madden, bro, we ain't going anywhere for a minute. Like it's going, like they're shutting down these leagues. It's like they don't, for not, this don't, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. And so I, I think there may be people in other different walks of life who may be going, dang, that's messed up. And then step outside and go do stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, like we really we really all need to embrace being indoors and really only going outside for essential things. Because the longer we keep going outside for leisure, I know stuff is shutting down, but still people just going outside or doing whatever. The longer we continue to do that, the longer this thing is going to go on. And yeah. the quicker we embrace being indoors, hashtag stay home, whatever, whatever's popular right now. The the quicker we do that and embrace that and stay indoors, then the quicker this thing can this thing this the quicker this thing can wrap up, and um, so that's, that's what I'm wrapping my mind around is that 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 we're in for the long haul and we got to mentally prepare for that. I, I, there's a lot of jokes and stuff out there floating on social media and things like that about you know uh, you know radio. prone to this and prone to that, and I think the jokes are flowing right now. But when we're two weeks in, when we're four weeks in when we're six weeks in you know how are things going to shift on social media what's the narrative going to be then what's it when when we're really starting to get cabin fever and we can't do the stuff that we're accustomed to doing and it's hot outside or whatever it may be like we really have to mentally prepare and embrace that this thing could go on for a while and we need to do we need to make sure that we're you know not only prepared with what we need in our homes but making making sure that we're mentally prepared too and so that's kind of where we're at on the NBA on the um uh, from my standpoint, and and um, kind of keeping tabs on our Yes Network people, and and seeing what's happening with the Nets and the NBA, then all the facilities and something like that, you know, stuff like that. It's it's gonna be a while, brother. It's gonna be a while, so it's gotta be prepared for it.
1: Enough said, Michael Grady. It's Johnny Scoopy Radio, bro. You're off the hot seat.
2: <laughs> my man, my man. Appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you, man. Be safe out there. Scoopy Radio.